This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Car. Pass the war quickly. Down to six seconds. Car going down again. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Our first official head coach deep dive. We're going to take a look at Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Michael, your initial thoughts on Bieniemy? I mean, he was a guy that interviewed with the Jets way back in 2018. I think the Jets were kind of worried that he only had one year of offensive coordinating experience. He doesn't call the plays. How much of of the chief success is just Patrick Mahomes' natural talent and Andy Reid. There are some questions with Biennemi, but there's no doubt that if you're part of one of the most exciting teams and one of the most exciting offenses in all of football, you're going to get some attention. And, and Biennemi uh, should certainly get a head coaching job this time around. Yeah, he's definitely been probably the most exciting and most talked about name throughout really even before this season so there there's a lot of hype with him and there's a lot to like that Chiefs offense is obviously historically great and he's a big part of it so there's a lot to like about him so he, he's definitely a candidate who if they hired him would be very exciting and, and a great sign of the respect that Joe Douglas commands for this team because he is such a great candidate. Yeah, and, and with all these coaching deep dives, we're going to be joined by somebody who covers the team or, or knows a lot about these candidates. And and for Eric Bieniemy, we we're lucky enough to be joined by Matt Derrick, beat writer for Chiefs Digest, at Matt Derrick on Twitter. Matt, how you doing, man? Not too bad, guys. How are you doing? Well, as I said to you when you first got on, um, it's certainly you certainly cover a much different team than we cover. So we appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, covering a perennial Super Bowl contender to talk to us measly Jets fans as we struggle to find our savior and try to get back to that Super Bowl for the first time since 1968. I mean, I guess the Chiefs were in a similar position. They had a, a 50-year drought just like the Jets, but luckily they they ended up with Patrick Mahomes and the Jets passed on him for, for Christian Hackenberg. And so that's why we're here. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, the Chiefs were not in a too dissimilar position, you know, really eight years ago when Andy Reid arrived in Kansas City. Um, coming off a couple of, you know, two and 14, four and 12 type seasons. Um, the 2012 season was just absolutely devastatingly rough on and off the field for the chiefs. Uh, so yeah, I mean, chiefs fans have been there. They know exactly where the jets are and you're right. I mean, it's 
Uh, it's just a matter if you get the right coach and the right quarterback together, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's just a lot of good things. A lot of good things happen when you get that combination right. Yeah, and that I mean that's certainly going to be the objective for the Jets this offseason. I I believe in the GM that they have in Joe Douglas. He's the most confident um, that I've been in any sort of Jets management since I've been watching the team. But obviously this offseason, two big question marks. What's he going to do at quarterback and what's he going to do at head coach? And, and I agree. I think the head coaching part is probably more important. Obviously, they're both massive. Um, but let's talk about the head coaching part. You mentioned Andy Reid coming in and turning around the Chiefs. I mean, what a hire that ended up being uh, winning the Super Bowl last year. The Jets are going to try to find their version of Andy Reid. Obviously not a clear-cut former Super Bowl contending, you know, decade-long coach like Andy Reid was, but plenty of interesting candidates and none more popular uh, than Eric Bieniemy. Let's start with a little bit of the concerns with Bieniemy because we all know what makes him so exciting as a candidate, but the natural reaction for, for some Jets fans is going to be, well, how much, well, he doesn't call plays, and so how much in a Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes offense does he contribute? How much is their success due to him just kind of explain to our listeners what exactly his role is with the chiefs. Yeah. I think outsiders would probably be a little surprised at actually how involved Eric B is. Um, Andy Reed is, you know, tried to make it as much of a collaborative process as he could. And, you know, in the past he's had Doug Peterson there. Uh, he had Matt Nagy, he had Brad Childress, who was a part of the staff and, and it's not uncommon for him to have, you know, three or four minds that he gets together with that has an input on what they're going to do, not at just play design, but even with the game plan each week. It's a collaborative process. I mean, he meets with the quarterback. They get together on Fridays as far as finalizing the game plan. They'll all get together on Saturdays and, and role play exactly what they're going to do in specific situations. And everybody has a voice. And yeah, I mean, you know, what is calling plays? Well, in you know, an Andy Reid offense, usually the first 15 to 20 plays are scripted. So you know what you're going to be doing on game day. And then after that, it's, it's gut and feel. And everybody has a little bit of a voice. So, you know, Eric Benemy's had a, had a voice in that. And he's had opportunities to, you know, call plays. And as far as like working with the quarterback, usually Eric Benemy is the one communicating the play in. So sometimes it may come from Andy Reid. But it's his voice inside, you know, Patrick Mahomes' head getting the play in. And so he's really been involved. But I think if you look at it, even in some of the, the micro aspects, um, you know, Eric Bidham, obviously being a pass running back and a running backs coach, that's been the biggest part of his input into the game plan. And, and you look at what the Chiefs have done in the run game since he's been here, you know, since 2013. Uh, you had Jamal Charles. He's, he turned Spencer Ware into a, you know, a thousand yard back. He developed Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, now he's doing the same thing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was able to get incredible production out of Damian Williams. I mean, he, he's found ways to, you know, build the run game. And that's in his part. Um, I think he's picked up a lot, though, from Andy Reid. So even though I think there's some of those knocks against him, I think that, you know, with the time that he spent with Reid, he's picked up a lot. And I think he's also seen how some of the other guys that came before him, like Peterson and Nagy, how they picked up and, and kind of learned how to call games and manage an offense from Reed. And you already sort of touched on a lot of his role in the offense, um, just how he contributes to this team. So over this, specifically this three-year run where the Chiefs have been so successful since promoting Mahomes, what would you say are some of the specific biggest areas where the enemy has had a, a huge impact in making this team the Super Bowl contender that it is? 
I think that the the biggest thing that you get with Eric Bieniemy is competitiveness and fire. I mean, that's the first thing that you know when you ask people about Andy Reid, that they'll tell you. I mean, it's usually his passion for the game. It's his, you know, ability to to lead players, especially you know in a locker room. I mean, he's got that kind of, you know, grab of, of, of this team. And, you know, if Andy Reid is the, you know, maybe the brains of the operation, Eric Bieniemy is the heart and soul. I mean, he, that's where the passion and the fire comes from with this team. And I, it'll be interesting to see when he gets to be a head coach, if he changes a little. He, I thought, evolved a little bit when he became an offensive coordinator because you used to go to a, a Chiefs practice, in, whether it's training camp or, you know, a, a Wednesday afternoon in Kansas City. Um, during the week, you hear Eric Bieniemy screaming at people. I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he wants he wants his his guys to finish it. So you'll hear him yell, "Finish it, finish it!" Whenever the offense has the ball in their hands and running downfield, you'll hear him get on the guys and, and get into them and light them up. You'll also see him, him love them up and hug them up. Um, I I asked Andy Reid, you know, when he first became offensive coordinator, I said, you know, hey, it seems like Bieniemy is just a little bit quieter than he used to is you know is he just you know kind of you know evolving as he takes on this role and he just gave me a stern look and is like you need to listen closer because he's still doing it and that's what you're going to get I mean you're going to get a guy and that's what he's been for this Chiefs team I mean he will get up in front of that offense and light into them when they need it um, he will give them the encouragement when they need it he is uh, kind of a father figure I mean the father figure uncle figure whatever you want to call it he is kind of that for the, for the chiefs. And um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he evolves as a head coach. I mean, but that's, that's the biggest thing I think you really get is you get a, a, what the phrase that you hear all the time, he's a leader of men. I mean, that's what he is. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing that stands out about him as a head coach. And yeah, I mean, that, that leader of men is what the jets are, are looking for after Moving on from Adam Gase, who you could describe as the complete polar opposite of that. Uh, certainly mercurial, and there was always issues in Miami about players not liking him. I will give him credit. The team never really quit on him the past two seasons when things are going rough. But it's clear that the Jets are looking for a guy who is the CEO, who's not just going to focus on one side of the ball. But the question has to be asked, because back when the Jets hired Adam Gase, it was oh, Eric Bieniemy is going to get a job. I mean, look what he did with Patrick Mahomes. And he didn't get hired, which was a, a surprise, but you got it. It was like, okay, well, he only had one year of offensive coordinator experience. 2020 will definitely be the year where he gets a job or the end of the 2019 season. And he interviews for multiple jobs there. And he doesn't get hired again. And that was a big surprise to me. I figured that he most definitely, especially after the Chiefs Super Bowl win and, and how players like Patrick Mahomes have been pining for him to get a head coaching job and how much he deserves and how much he contributes – why do you think he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet? I mean, I, I know there are some concerning off the field allegations from his past. Do you think it's mostly the whole Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid dynamic that he doesn't call plays? Do you think it's his, you know, the concerns that could he oversee a whole football team and not just be Andy Reid's assistant on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, what if you had to pinpoint the reason why every NFL team has passed on him through two cycles, what do you think that would be? And do you think there's a chance that he doesn't get hired again in this cycle? Yeah, I think you've, you've touched on a lot of it. I think what you do here is maybe the reasons why teams have chosen to pass on him, you know, that maybe it is that, you know, he's perceived as just not having enough of the control in Kansas City and not maybe being as responsible for the success as Reed and Mahomes are. 
Um, there's probably a, a fair criticism. Maybe he doesn't interview well. I mean, that could very well be. I mean, um, and I that I find interesting because um, as a position coach, Eric Bieniemy was the go-to guy for quotes. I mean, if you when you're when we're when we're looking for a story, he was the guy to go to because he he would tell you what it was like. Um, he'd be truthful with you. He'd be colorful. That was the guy to go to. In his first couple of years as offensive coordinator. Oh, it was rough because, you know, you felt like you were getting a lot of coach speak and it, you know, it was really, it didn't seem like him up there on the podium some days this year, he's been a different guy. And, and I don't know if it was the interview experience that did that. Maybe it's COVID. I mean, maybe just the, you know, being in the job a little bit more and getting more comfortable with it, but he's been different. I mean, you've seen more of his personality and, and I think that's what he needs to show. Um, I think it's also, you know, part of it is that, you know, he doesn't necessarily fit the profile of what a lot of NFL teams have been going for. It seems like everybody's looking for the 38-year-old wonderkin on offense um, that's got some sort of connection to Sean McVay that everybody's <laughs> looking for. And that's not Eric Manamy. I mean, he's in his 50s. He's, you know, a running backs coach. I mean, he's he's perceived as I maybe a little bit more old school football, but I, I think that's probably a little bit of a mischaracterization. And I think it's if coach, if, if an owner, it's going to take the right owner, I think, because I can see some owners passing on Eric Bimmy for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. But I, I think at some point it's going to be an owner that realizes, you know what, there's a reason why Kansas City succeeds and why Andy Reid coaches succeed. And if you don't give Eric Bimmy a chance, I, I think it's just crazy at some point. Right. Yeah. And we just talked about a lot of the concerns, but there's a reason he is generating so much hype is going to get so many interviews and most likely be hired by someone as their head coach this in just a few weeks. So what do you think are the main reasons that B enemy is getting all these interviews and is going to be a head coach in a few weeks? Why, why is he one of the top candidates out there? Well, I mean, I think part of it is clearly that, you know, people have been so surprised that he's been passed over that now it, the expectation is that, hey, he's going to get a job. And and I think, honestly, I mean, also, I think that the NFL's, you know, real confusion and disappointment when it comes to minority hiring plays a role in this, too, because if Eric Bannamy doesn't get a job this offseason, I think that there's going to be real pressure to say that there's something wrong with the way the NFL head coaches that if a if Eric Bieniemy of all people can't get a head coaching job, what chances do minority coaches have? Because this is the prototypical guy. This is the guy who's got the track record. He's with a winner. He's been with a winning coach. He's, he's done all of the steps. And so I, I know that there's some, some of that disappointment has been that, it, Hey, you know what? Eric Bieniemy is kind of the, 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 the drawing. I mean, it's a line in the sand. If he doesn't get a job, there is something wrong with the way that the NFL is going about its minority coaches process. But I think it goes more than that. I mean, I think it's also that, you know, this is a guy who's really well respected around the league. I mean, it's hard to find anybody who has anything bad to say about Eric Bieniemy. And I even go back to a conversation I had a couple of months ago with Anthony Lynn in, in Los Angeles, um, asked him about, you know, EB, because I knew that they were, you know, kind of grew up, you know, kind of the same process and everything. And, and he said, look, you know what? When I played against Eric Bieniemy in the 90s, I hated him. I mean, we were bitter enemies and, you know, he's like, it wasn't until we ended up, you know, living together in Denver. They were both in Denver at the same time in the early two thousands when BNME was at Colorado and, and Lynn was an assistant with the Broncos and they were neighbors and got to know each other. And they've been fast friends ever since. I mean, and that's the kind of way it is. I mean, 
Eric Bieniemy can come when he was a player came across as really brash. He was really aggressive. He had that kind of hard nose attitude, and 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 it didn't always come. I mean, teammates loved him, but it didn't always come across great on the other side of the ball. Um, but he seems to have matured, and I think that you know the things 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 the things that people maybe didn't like about Eric Bieniemy as a player, if you were going up against him, are why they love him now. And you just, it's, like I said, it's hard to find anybody in the league who doesn't respect and like Eric Bieniemy right now. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of when there's a top uh, draft prospect who maybe he's expected to go in the top five and then he slips out of the top five and he slips out of the top 10 and then teams start to second guess you know, each other. They go, well, uh, is there something that they know that we don't know? Why are teams passing on him? And they, they get caught up in their own uh, thought process. And that kind of seems a little bit what's happened to Eric Bieniemy, at least that there is uh, that second guess, like, well, why hasn't, why hasn't he been hired? He seems like such a home run. Um, but what are some concerns maybe that you would have about him making that leap for offensive coordinator to head coach? Because I believe that some team is finally going to give him a chance this off season. And I think they're going to get a hell of a coach, but with every coordinator that, that, that translates, uh, that transitions to the head coaching position, there's certain learning curves, uh, what concerns, I guess, would you have for Eric Bieniemy um, going from offense coordinator of Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs to, let's say, head coach of the New York Jets, where there's a lot of uncertainty on the roster, still don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Obviously, they're in an uh, enviable position to draft a guy like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, but it's a different situation. So what would be your concerns about Eric Bieniemy coming going from an offensive coordinator to a head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's going to have to kind of deal with some of the things that are deficits on his resume. Um, and obviously one of them is just the defensive side of the ball. I mean, that's something that he's never really had to worry about. Um, he's got experience on the special team side. So I, I think that's actually a benefit to the way that he, maybe he would go about uh, building a roster, looking for players. I think that's probably a help. Um, he didn't, he hasn't come up on the scouting side of the business. So, you know, I think that's where, you know, he would obviously really need to have a lot of trust with the scouting department and the personnel side of things, because that's not necessarily his strength. Um, I actually think he's from, from, for the defensive side perspective, even though he doesn't have that experience, I think he's got the mentality that defensive players will love. I mean, this is a guy that I think they will gravitate to. Because, you know, the, the, the thing you often hear about Eric Manami is that, you know, guys would run through a wall for him to play for him. And, and I think that's, you know, what a lot of defensive players would love to hear and see. Um, that, those are the kind of things that I would have a concern with. I mean, there's other superficial concerns, like I said. I mean, you know, Eric Manami not always been the most dynamic guy on a podium. And, you know, since he is the guy that's going to have to be the face of your franchise, you know, I mean, sometimes you're going to have to win the press conferences. And I think he would win the initial press conference for any time a team that hires him. It's, you know, is he going to continue to do that, you know, 16, 17 weeks into a season? Um, that's where I think he probably and is doing a better job of kind of showing himself and showing his personality because I can see sometimes maybe the cliches and the things that he leans on might wear a little thin, especially if a team is losing and can't get out of it. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the concerns of, you know, being the face of a franchise rather than just the coordinator. And, and for the Jets, it really seems like one of the big needs for them in their next candidate is to get someone who's not just a head coach on one side of the ball, like an Adam Gase, like a Todd Bowles, who just pretty much coaches one side of the ball and delegates the other completely, but to get someone who can lead the entire team and be the face of all 53 guys. So for the enemy, do you think he can be that sort of guy who can lead the entire team? And you mentioned 
how his mentality is something that, you know, even though he doesn't have defensive experience, defensive players can gravitate to him because of his mentality. So do you think he can be that CEO type head coach who can command the entire team or is his strength more going to be leading that offense, spearheading that and delegating the defense to sort of a defensive head coach? Yeah, I I think there's two parts of it. I mean, one is the, you know, you can have a strict disciplinarian as a head coach, but that doesn't mean that your operation is professional. You know, and that's where I think that the enemy really excels, because even though I think that he might come across as, you know, a a strict disciplinarian type guy, he's really not. Um, He's really more of a player's coach in that sense. But he also has professional expectations. You know, you're not going to get out of line. You're not going to be, you know, late for practice. I mean, he's not going to be punitive. He's not that's not what he does. But he's going to set professional expectations and expects people and and will give accountability to the players to live up to that. And and I underline, you know, on the second part of it is really about the relationship with the players and building that rapport on both sides of the football. Um, You know, I mean, clearly the defensive players in Kansas City don't have a lot of experience with Eric Benamy, but they love him and respect him because of what they see on the practice field and what they get from him. But I underscore something that Andy Reid said during his press conference today about it and has said before in the past, which is that you always as a player know where you're at with, with Eric Bieniemy. There's no question. I mean, you're not going to wonder where you are. You're not going to wonder what your expectations are. You're not going to you know, wonder if you're falling behind or, or not keeping up because Eric Bieniemy will tell you that. He'll be honest with you. He won't sugarcoat it. And, and that's what, you know, players need. I mean, if they're going to, they're going to thrive in the NFL and they're going to grow and mature as players, they need that. They need to know where they stand with their coach. They need to know where they stand with the organization. They need to know what they're doing well, where they need to improve. And that's what Eric Bieniemy will do. And that's why I think players like him is that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hide from them. He tells them the truth. He, he's straight with them. And I think that's something that they really respect. I mean, you know, there's been some talk in the past about incidents that Eric Bieniemy and run-ins he had with Travis Kelsey. You know, there's been some on the sidelines, but there is no bigger fan of Travis of, of Eric Bieniemy in that Chiefs locker room than Travis Kelsey. I mean, he would go to war for the guy. So even though these are two guys that you know have you know strong, passionate feelings and can get fired up on the football field they also have this tremendous respect for each other. And I, I think that really goes with everybody that Eric Benamy coaches. Is there a specific time I mean, you talked about, we, we've seen some of those wars on the sideline, but is there a specific time that you can recall in your time watching the chiefs and covering the chiefs where you looked at a, a moment that Eric Bieniemy had and you said, well, that guy's going to make a great head coach. Is there maybe a specific time or maybe a, a period of time or something that he did where you're like, well, that guy is head coaching material. Yeah, I think there have been several. I mean, um, you know, and I'll tell you what, you know, you go through and you watch the, the, the calm and control that he had in, in the Super Bowl. And you look at some of the highlights, you know, and, you know, and Chiefs fans here, you know, they gravitate towards the, the Wasp play, which was the, the big throw to the Tyreek Hill down the left side that really got the, their comeback going on third down. And you, you go to the sideline, the conversation between Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, and, and they're just this, as calm and cool as can be um, discussing about what they're going to do. Then at the same time, I mean, you see it, and, and I'm, I'm blinking on the game. It was a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs offense w- went out there and, and really laid an egg for two or three drives, which is not obviously what the Chiefs offense usually does. <laughs> 
and you go down there and there's Eric Bieniemy lighting a fire into those guys. And that, I mean, he seems to have a really good knack for that, for knowing when the team just needs somebody to be calm and cool. Say, you know what? Things are under control. We got this. You guys know what to do. And then at other times when he knows that he needs to light into them, when he needs to, to give them that little, little goose that maybe they need to get going. Um, that's a, that's a feel thing. I mean, it's something that you can't teach. I mean, I think you can only really either you have it or you can learn it with experience. You just can't be given that to you by somebody. Um, and he's got a really good feel for it. Yeah. And it, it's definitely important to have that feel and be able to do both because, you know, we see a lot of coaches who have different styles, who some are aggressive. Some of them are a little more laid back, but to be able to do both is really important. And another really important aspect of being a head coach that Jets head coaches, especially have struggled with is player development, being able to get young players to hit their ceilings and fit in their scheme and be able to get the most out of their talent. So for Eric Bieniemy, who do you think are some of the players over his tenure there, both as the offensive coordinator and as the running back coach who uh, kind of have the best stories of developing, progressing under his leadership and hitting their ceilings? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious cases are probably all in the backfield since, you know, that's where he was, you know, really spent most of his time early on. He was the first five seasons. He was the running backs coach. And and yeah, he inherited Jamal Charles. So it's, it's hard to put that on his resume. But at the same time, um, Charles had some of his most productive seasons under Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he became a more complete player, especially as a blocker and as a pass catcher under Bieniemy. Um, but I think you look at some of the other guys. I mean, you know, I mentioned Spencer Ware earlier. Um, this was a guy was, I think, a late round pick in Seattle, maybe was undrafted, um, you know, comes to Kansas City and, you know, really wasn't a whole lot expected. They turned and, and he built Spencer Ware into a multi-threat back. I mean, uh, and he's done that with other guys, too. I mean, Damian Williams was a bit of a journeyman, you know, coming in, hadn't had a whole lot of success on offense. He was kind of more of a, a return special teams guy with the in, in his past. And and the Chiefs figured out how to mold him and put him into a, a role. Uh, I think you've seen that with a lot of the running backs that he's built in Kansas City. I think all of them would tell you that, you know, Eric Bieniemy is, is was directly responsible for for their success in the Kansas City offense. And the other part about being a head coach, and, and one of the most important parts when you're hiring a head coach is the type of staff they're going to assemble. And for Eric Bieniemy, I mean, certainly he has he's connected to some rich NFL bloodlines, being in the Andy Reid coaching tree. Are there any names that come to mind or maybe just the type of staff you think he would look to build? You talk about how he hasn't had too much exposure to the defensive side. So he's going to have to find that defensive coordinator, that head coach of the defense. Is there any names that you, that, that you can think of, or is it more just going to be natural connections or maybe he'll lean on or the general manager, Joe Douglas to, to help piece it together. There's also a QB coach, Mike Kafka, who I know will most likely be Eric Bieniemy's replacement as offensive coordinator, but there's always the hope that maybe he would follow Bieniemy and be his offense coordinator in the hopes that he would be a, a head coach soon. Just what type of staff do you think Eric, Eric Bieniemy could, could build uh, if you were to become the head coach of, of an NFL team? Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, you know, I, I know from talking to Bietami in the past, I mean, he certainly has people in mind. He, he wouldn't mention them, obviously, um, but you're right. He's been around enough and he's been in college. He's been in the NFL. It's been some, a couple of different teams. So he's got a lot of contacts and there's a lot of people around the league. Um, it's a bit of an unwritten rule um, in the Andy Reid system that he's going to do everything he can to help you get a job, but 
you're not going to think about raiding his staff. And, you know, I think between everybody who's left, you know, with Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, you know, other people who've left him in the past, I mean, not very often does anybody go with him. And so, I mean, that's part of it is that you're right. I mean, Mike Kafka is certainly the offensive coordinator waiting in Kansas city. Um, the chiefs even, you know, refused to let him interview with any teams last year. Um, so they could keep him on for just this purpose. Um, so I, I find that hard to believe. I mean, it, it can certainly be if there's somebody who wants to go with EB, I'm sure that it, Reed wouldn't necessarily stand in their way, but I, I'd be very doubtful to see anybody on the current chief staff go with him unless it's for a significant promotion. Uh, I know. I, I mean, I think Anthony Lynn's a really interesting prospect because I do know that those two are, are, are good friends and obviously Lynn's, you know, you know, now on the free agent market, um, you know, that's somebody that probably has a fairly similar thinking as far as, you know, Eric Bieniemy goes and what they want to do offensively. Um, I could see that maybe being a fit um, outside of that. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it would be purely really just speculation giving any names, but you know, you're right. I mean, he's got deep ties to the, the Andy Reed bloodline going back to Philadelphia. Um, he spent a lot of time in Minnesota too, and with college. I mean, he does have a lot of extensive contacts around the league that I think he's pretty comfortable with who he would be making his first phone calls to once he gets a job. And then from a schematic and philosophical standpoint on the field offensively, what kind of offense do you see him bringing to his new team? Do you see him kind of trying to take some of those principles of the offense he's built with Andy Reed with Patrick Mahomes, taking some of that to his new team, or do you think he's going to be more malleable and build around the talent he has? Because especially a team like the jets, there isn't, a ton of talent to work with. They do have some pieces, but they're going to have a new franchise quarterback. They're going to have a lot of new pieces and free agency. So, um, and obviously playing Kansas city, it's probably the best group of offensive talent in the entire league. So it could be tough to translate that somewhere else. So how much of what he does in Kansas city, do you see him carrying over to his new team and how much do you think he'll be adapting to his new personnel? Yeah, I think you hit it on the head as far as, you know, being malleable to the personnel that he has. Uh, because even look at it, I mean, he was, you know, Andy, Andy Reid basically, you know, let Eric Bieniemy run things in week 17. I mean, so it was really his game plan and he was calling the game with Chad Henney as quarterback. And hey, they put 21 points on the board with a number two offense. That's nothing to sneeze at. Um, but it was certainly a different offense than what Patrick Mahomes runs. So, I mean, that was really about building an offense around Chad Henney and what he could do. I think, you know, the enemy is not going to try and, and, and put a, a square peg into a round hole. I mean, he's going to build his offense around whatever talent that he has. But I think there's absolutely elements of Andy Reid's offense. I mean, I, th- I think he is a is a whatever you want to call Andy Reid's version of the West Coast offense that it is now. I mean, that's what he would do. So I think you would see him um, wanting to try and get as much speed as he can into an offense so that he can stretch the field not just vertically, but horizontally as well. Um, so much of what the Chiefs do with jet sweeps, motion, I think he would definitely like to incorporate that. Um, my expectation is that, you know, any offense that Eric Bieniemy had complete control over is going to have a little bit more of a power run element to it. So I think he'd be looking for some offensive line that can push some people around and assert their authority a little bit. Whereas, you know, the Chiefs have, a, you know, run a lot of outside zone where they want athleticism in their offensive line and guys who can run downfield and block outside. Um, I think the enemy would be looking for a little bit more power in his run game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he would certainly be looking to take a, a lot of the concepts that they've developed in Kansas city, because he's been a part of them. Um, you know, Andy Reed is a, the master of the screen game 
but the enemy has been a huge part of that. I mean, as far as orchestrating it and, you know, the, the blocking schemes that go along with that in everything the last few years, I mean, he's, he's been a tremendous part of that and figuring out how to fit the, the running backs into that, that screen game. So I would certainly expect to see that as a big element of any, any Eric Bidemi offense. Yeah. That flexibility and versatility is going to be crucial for whoever the next jets offensive coordinator is let alone head coach because especially if they draft a guy like justin fields that's a guy who really needs an offense designed to his strengths uh and you can't necessarily just plug him or darnold or if they take zach wilson or even if trevor lawrence somehow fell you can't just plug him into patrick mahomes system because mahomes is just such a unique player and i think it's interesting that you talk about that he is a running backs coach he's going to try to mix in a lot of those power run elements and joe douglas former offensive lineman clearly values the trenches so there's definitely some similarities in, in philosophy there. And speaking of philosophy, I mean, let's say the Jets hire Eric Bieniemy, which would be, uh, in my eyes, a home run hire. He's been the, the number one coaching candidate for probably two years now. Um, sure, there's going to be questions, but I would say overall, the, the fan base would be pretty excited to bring in somebody like that. Just describe to Jets fans, who are they getting? What is his coaching style? What's his philosophy going to be? Who is Eric Bieniemy as the head coach of the New York Jets? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the the phrase that would immediately come to mind is the phrase that he uses to, when he really wants to come out compliment someone, which is when he call, he calls him a competitive prick. I mean, that's what Eric Bieniemy is, and that with with the, all the connotations with that, both positive and negative. If he's your guy, you're gonna love Eric Bieniemy. I mean, especially if he shows his true personality and who he is. Um, like I said, I think he's a guy that, you know, will absolutely win the opening press conference. Um, he can, like I said, I mean, he can lean a little bit on cliches. He's got some phrases that will probably wear themselves out at some point, um, especially if the losses pile up. But um, he's he's somebody that, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat it with the players. And he's not going to do that with the fans either. He's going to be willing to, you know, be straightforward. Um, you know, you can count on the organization being professional too. that, you know, he's going to hold people accountable. Um, you know, he's going to expect people, you know, maintain a high standard. Um, I mean, I, I, I still think that Eric Benjamin would be best fit for a, a team that's got a lot of veterans that have maybe been underperforming, but at the same time, I mean, I think that he's got the structure that would be good for a young quarterback. I mean, clearly he's seen how it works with Mahomes. I mean, he's seen the model and he was a big part of that. And, and I think he understands that if he's going to have a young quarterback, he's got to surround that quarterback with as much support as possible. That means, you know, getting an offensive line is going to protect him, getting an, an offensive coordinator that's quarterback friendly, getting a quarterback's coach that, you know, understands this guy getting, you know, Mike Kafka in year one with Patrick Mahomes, was uh, some made up special team assistant coach. You know, I mean, he had like no title. His only job was walking around attached to the hip with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's what he did. And so I've I, I mean, seen that model. So I think that's what you can expect is he's somebody that if he gets a young quarterback, he's going to put as many resources as he can into supporting that guy. Yeah, I, I think I th- I agree with you. I think Houston is is a an interesting fit for Bienemy because he's going to go to a place where he already has an established quarterback in Deshaun Watson. But it would be exciting to see him with his own young quarterback. And you talk about hiring Matt Kafka to just follow Patrick Mahomes around. I mean, it's literally the complete opposite of what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. They didn't even hire a QB coach. They just had Adam Gase and his little buddy 
uh, to be the, the faux offensive coordinator and because he didn't want to have too many voices in his head or whatever. And it complete shitstorm is basically what happened. They, they failed him. And it's, it's, it's a plus in my eyes that the enemy got to witness the development of a guy like Mahomes who, you know, it's easy to have hindsight and say that he was an amazing prospect. And he certainly had the, the ceiling to be an amazing prospect, but he was far from a sure thing. I mean, he was not a guy, a lot of people didn't believe in him that he could come from Texas tech and that air raid offense. And if the jets were to draft a guy like fields or Wilson, there are those, some of those questions. Um, and, I, and I think it would be exciting to see him with his own, uh, young coach or young QB, excuse me. And, and look, I mean, the jets are looking for that CEO, that leader, um, but don't get it twisted. I mean, they know that it's an offensive league. And if you can bring in a guy like the enemy, who's been at the forefront of the best offense in the NFL and from all reports, including this podcast is a terrific leader in, in the locker room and can be that CEO, he would be a home run hire, uh, in my eyes. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, obviously Matt, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I mean, I, as I said, I mean, you have a lot more important things to worry about as you're covering, uh, a, potentially another Super Bowl run, um, for Jets fans who need a playoff team and they, maybe they, maybe they choose the chiefs. I recommend it. It would probably be the easiest and most fun team to cheer for these playoffs. Where can they find your stuff? What are you up to these days? And, and, and are the, are the chiefs Super Bowl bound again? It's hard to see than not. I mean, you know, seeing this team, I think it, I think they are better than they were a year ago. Um, the, the the toughest thing I think has been all along has been, you know, if if Reed can can keep them, you know, on that edge, you know, that's still wanting and and still have the the, the drive and the hunger to go back and do it again. And they seem to have done that. So I mean, and, and with unless there's a significant slip up, I mean, absolutely, I see this team as probably the odds on favor to get it done. I mean, you look at the the teams that they've faced. I mean, they've, they've gotten past the Buccaneers. They've gotten past the saints. They've gotten past Buffalo, the Ravens. I mean, you know, all of the top challengers, I mean, they have faced them once already. So I think they got a pretty good chance. Um, yeah. And a matter of fact, uh, at chiefsdigest.com, you can read all my stuff. I'm actually going to have a piece up later this week uh, where I talk to um, some of Eric Benamy's colleagues, his fellow off- offensive assistant coaches and, other people around the chiefs and so you get to hear and read a little bit about what they said that's awesome we'll definitely make sure to retweet that because that'll be interesting to get that uh that inside look on the enemy i i think it's interesting because i'll be cheering for the chiefs um because i have some chiefs friends uh or chiefs fans who are friends there we go i got it um but if the chiefs keep advancing and go to the super bowl maybe that delays the hiring process for the head coach so part of me wants the chiefs to lose so we can just get that interview. But um, I mean, I know he can interview during the time. It's just going to be an interesting month um, for both teams and on completely different ends of the spectrum. But again, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, you can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter. You can follow myself at Ben W Blessington. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nania. Find us at jetsxfactor.com. We're on iTunes, Spotify. A lot is happening this off season all over the NFL, but specifically with the jets, with this head coaching uh, carousel, we have two podcasts every day detailing, a new candidate. Uh, we're starting off with a bang right here with Matt and, and talking about Eric Bieniemy. So Matt, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. Can Eric Bieniemy be the guy to help the New York Jets to the Super Bowl? We're on that quest this offseason. It would certainly be a home run of a hire. Uh, and, and Matt, I think you sold me today. <laughs> Great talking to you guys. Good luck. Likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by 
Denzel Mims.